Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. (laughs) Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. So glad that you are here. We have a really, really great episode for everybody today that's focusing on our guest journey toward self-realization, self-love, and self-belief. It's so incredible the journey that she went through, and she's going to share this with everybody to hopefully inspire those who are listening as well. And in her business, our guest is a cognitive behavioral therapist and success coach who teaches people who are in pain and eager to change how to transform their lives by shifting their beliefs. And she is also the host of the Evolve Ventures podcast. So please welcome Bianca Thomas. Bianca, so glad that you're here. I'm grateful to be here. I'm so glad that you are going to share your story. So let's just dive right in, like tell everybody where you were at now, where you were at before, where you're at now, and like take us on that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So like a lot of us and like a lot of the people that I've spoken to, I was a misfit child. (laughs) I feel like a lot of the people that come on um, or that listen to podcasts like this or that listen to my podcast. It's the people who grew up being the outcast, the ones who didn't fit in. And that really was my experience. You know, I was, I was the typical middle child. I was the rebel child. I was the one who was causing a lot of mayhem, a lot of mayhem. And I had a lot of mental health challenges growing up as a kid. So I just grew up never fitting in. I never felt good enough. And it really caused a lot of problems for me. So because of all of that, I, like I said, didn't feel good enough. Didn't feel loved. Felt like nobody was ever going to love me. And what happens when you don't feel good enough and when you don't feel loved, you try to search for it in other places. I decided, well, if no one's going to love me, then I need to get in relationships because at least then somebody will care about me. Somebody will love me. I think every single one of us have probably had an experience like that or the majority of us. And we all know how that turns out horrible. Shaking my head right now because I have been in multiple relationships like that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely horrible. So the first relationship I'm in, 
I'm 16 years old. He tells me he loves me six days after meeting me. And I don't know anything. I don't think of anything, but now I'm like, Ooh, big red flag. So I don't think anything of it. I end up being abused in that relationship. I was sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally abused. And it lasted for four years. But because I didn't feel good enough, I didn't feel loved. I thought that's what love was. I thought love was clingy, obsessive. I thought love was being everything for that person. And it took me four years to realize how bad that was and how wrong that was and to be able to get out. Being in that relationship just further increased and enhanced those thoughts and beliefs that I already had. I'm not good enough. Nobody will ever love me. My life has no meaning. I have no purpose. And after that, I also start to realize, oh my God, I think I'm gay. I think I'm having all of these feelings that I've never had towards women. What is going on? So I'm going through this journey at this point of trying to realize who I am and figure out who I am, trying to heal from the trauma of that relationship and trying to figure out, you know, what do I want my life to be? I'm 20 years old and I have no idea what I want to do. And at this point, I'm getting my, ma- my bachelor's degree in psychology, go figure. And I'm, and I'm still a mess and I'm a wreck and I have no idea where my life is going to take me. But the one constant thing in my life was fitness. I loved the gym. I was heavy into powerlifting. So I was like that big, strong girl who outlifted all the guys. And I got a really strong sense of significance from that. So I'm at the gym one day and this like short dude comes up to me and I'm like, I can't stand when people come up to me at the gym, but he seems nice. So whatever, I'll just engage in this conversation. So we start talking. He says, what do power lifters eat? And I'm like, if you're trying to take me out, like I'm not, I'm not a girl that's going to get a salad. Like if we're going to go out to eat, I'm getting steak and pasta and whatever. That's what power lifters eat. And so we end up going on a date doesn't work out, but he becomes an incredible friend of mine. And he's now one of my mentors and we become incredibly close, incredibly close. I become friends with his business partner, Alan. So the person I met was Kevin his business partner is Alan. I become incredibly close to them. They introduce me to personal development. They introduce me to Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard and all of these unbelievable people who are idols of mine now and the direction that I want to take in my life. So we, they introduced me to that. And Kevin used to enjoy sparring, right? He did Muay Thai, which is a type of fighting. And I used to do karate as a kid. So we would go to the gym and we'd fight and we'd literally like hit each other. And he's like, you should join this gym in Worcester, which is near where I live. So I go there. That's where I meet my business partner, Amelia. 
And the running joke that we have, and we say this all the time, and I say this on every show, she punched me in the face and I fell in love. We became best friends after that. And I mean, she, she's unbelievable. She's an incredible fighter. So she, she really knocked me around. And she was like, this girl can take a hit. Okay, I like her. So we become very close. And she, she tells me that one of her dreams is to start a podcast. I'm like, oh, my two best friends are podcast hosts. They have their own podcast. They have a business. They have a business off of helping other podcasters. So I introduced them. She ends up dating Alan. So I kind of set them up and she and I end up forming originally it was called the Y power podcast. So we formed that our business is starting to grow and the pandemic hits. So our business started a month after the pandemic hit. So it was, it was chaotic, very chaotic starting from that point. So we're starting this business and these external things are growing and things in my life are changing, but I still never worked on that internal stuff of feeling good enough and loving myself. So what do I do again? I end up in another relationship because I'm like, well, everything else is going great. All of my friends are in relationships. I'm the only single one at this point. So I end up in another relationship. This time it was with a girl. A month into the relationship, my homophobic Middle Eastern parents find out. And I decided to tell them the truth. I said, I'm gay. I'm in a relationship. It got so bad that I had to leave home and go live with this person who I just met a month ago. We were together for a year. And I swear this relationship was like a test of my conviction. Like how badly do I want my business? How badly do I want these dreams and everything? Because this relationship was a whirlwind. I mean, this person, we had nothing in common, no similarities. She just wanted like a very simple average life, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. But like, my dreams are all the way up here and it caused a lot of chaos and a lot of tension. And so our business is booming and everything is growing. And here I am being tested again of I'm not good enough. I'm not loved because the person who's supposed to love me hates everything about me in my life. And I'm being told I need to change again to be in this relationship, just like what happened when I was a kid. So thankfully, I'm able to get out of that relationship. It took about a year, but I leave the relationship, get my own place. And I graduated with my master's degree in cognitive behavioral therapy. And now kind of to make a long story short, I have had the most unbelievable last year of my life because of all of the progress and all of the growth that has kind of gotten me to where I am now. And that like final stage of, Hey, did you get the lesson? Okay, good. Now go do something with it.
I can relate to so many elements in your story. I was also in an abusive relationship from 17 to 22. So Mm -hmm. again, like those really formative years of your life when all you want is somebody to love you and they tell you they love you. So like that's all you believe. But then they also, I don't know if this happened to you, but also manipulate you and incredibly, I don't even know how to, so interesting how he was able to do that. Like the, I, I don't understand the brains of narcissists, honestly. And I don't understand how they can come up with the things that they can come up with in order to manipulate people in the ways that they do. But you are definitely not alone. Um, and I know that a lot of other people who are listening to this have also been in similar experiences, similar types of relationships. Um, so thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate that with Absolutely. your entire journey. It's it's so incredible. And I always find that there's always lessons to be learned, right? Like Mm. as long as we have the mindset that life is happening for us and not to us, I think that we can turn any, what we would perceive as negative situation into something positive. We can always learn from it, right? Mm. And the beauty is really in the journey. And that's taken me a long time (laughs) to really understand because I I don't know about you, but I'm somebody who like, when I want something, I want it right now. Like, yeah, I I don't want to wait. Like I want my multiple eight figure business right now today, (laughs) (laughs) but I have since learned that the beauty once again is in the journey. It's the journey of getting to that. Because if I got that right now today, I would, first of all, wouldn't be ready for it, like internally or externally, right? So I think it's really beautiful that you were talking about um, all of those lessons that you learned. And now you're kind of at the point where it's like, all right, learn the lessons. Now let's go implement, right? Yes. Do you have any specific examples of, um, I don't know, I know we talked about like your journey, but any specific tangible things that you have done, like in your life, in your business, in order to kind of... um, take those learnings and make it more tangible. Does that make sense? Mm, Yes. So one of the components of what I do, and like, like you mentioned, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist and I, and a success coach. And what that means is I combine the elements of life coaching with my understanding of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a new brand, new version, new model of psych. It's, um, it just came out in the eighties. So like, it's, it's fairly new considering Freudian psychoanalysis came out in like the end of the 1800s, I think somewhere around there, like the typical, I'm going to lay on a couch and profess all my like dreams and whatnot to you. This is very, very different. So this type of therapy, this brand, this, um, this model and framework, It really takes into consideration and the main understanding of it is the situations that we go through in life, our childhood and upbringing, our surroundings, the people, places, things, and ideas that we are introduced to, they form the beliefs that we hold. It forms the beliefs we hold about the world, about ourselves, and about other people. And about the past, our present, our future, every component of life. And the challenging component is that these core beliefs that we hold so rigidly, we don't even know we have them. 
but it's the reason why we keep ending up kind of in the same cycles, thinking the same things, doing the same things with the same kinds of people and questioning why does my life keep happening this way? Like, have you ever had that friend that keeps ending up in the same relationship with different people over and over again? I'm laughing because yes. And if she's listening to this right now, she knows exactly who she is because she will admit (laughs) that too. (laughs) She knows. Yeah. 100%. That's why, because there is a belief that is directing her behavior, whether a belief about her own worth or her own lovability or the type of person that she's supposed to end up with or the type of life that she is supposed to have. So we have these beliefs, we don't realize they're there, but we're constantly acting on them and acting in accordance to them and to the idea that we have for ourselves about who we are, which is why I kept ending up in the same type of relationship with people who are incredibly insecure, who fit that like narcissistic traits, who are just demonstrated a lot of negative components, right? Because they had their own challenges, their own insecurities. And I didn't feel like I was deserving of love unless I could fix somebody. Because if I can fix you, then it means I'm deserving of love. So I kept searching, not knowingly, but searching for those types of people. So I ended up in those same types of relationships over and over again. So here's where I answer your question. This is what I do with my clients. And this is exactly what I had to do for myself. What I had to do is get very clear on what the beliefs are that I had. So this was not a simple process. And I don't think it's possible to just in one conversation, understand what every single belief is that's running your life. But so what I'll do with my clients is I'll say, well, what's your history? Tell me what, tell me the components of your life. Tell me what happened. Tell me what you went through. And they'll tell me their story. And I, and I'm really listening and I'm trying to think and hear if I see any patterns because you'll notice the patterns. It's kind of, it's kind of hard not to notice them. Right. And we'll, I'll try to understand the patterns. And what we'll do over time is people will repeat similar themes. And it's in those themes that you can start to kind of understand where their beliefs are. So something that I'll do with them is called a downward arrow technique. And what this is, is I'll make a statement to you. Let's say you tell me that uh, you keep ending up in these relationships. And I'm like, okay, and then what? And then what? And what happens? And what does that mean? And what does that mean? And so what if that were to happen and you keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually you're going to get to a point where they make a very bold statement. That's the belief that they hold about themselves. And it, and it usually ends up in one of two things, something about worth. I'm not good enough or something about lovability. No one will love me or I'm not lovable. Or maybe I am lovable, but love isn't possible for me. It's usually around one of these two things. So what I do is we try to recognize what the beliefs are. Because if we can understand what the beliefs are, I can start to understand your frame of reference. Because we interpret 
everything that happens in our life based on that filter. So the flip side of that is we will dismiss and turn away and reject anything that does not look like the filter we already have. So let's say, for example, I have a filter and I did, I have a filter that says I am not loved. Anything that remotely looks like that, I'm going to interpret that as data and as evidence to prove my belief. Someone doesn't open a door for me. See, that's proof. Someone, I wave to somebody and they don't see it. I don't take it as they don't see it. I take it as they're ignoring me. See, I'm not loved. See, no one cares about me. And anything that disproves that belief, let's say a friend tells me they love me. I justify, I dismiss it. No, that's not true. They're just saying that. We basically manipulate anything and everything to conform to the belief we already have. So how do you actually change it? Number one, you have to become aware of what they are. And you do that by one of the things that I'll do with my clients is called a thought record. So what a thought record is, is we analyze situations that occur. So let's say a situation happens and you notice yourself feeling a sense of overwhelm, a sen- like a significant change in how you feel. That's how we know that a belief has been triggered, right? So uh, an example that I'll use is that friend waving situation. So a friend walks by, you wave at them, they don't wave back. They just walk right by you. How would you feel if that were to happen? Are you asking me right now? Yeah, I'm I'm asking you right now. I'm going to do this in person with you. I will preface this. I have been doing this kind of work for about two years for myself. So Stephanie, two years ago would have been like, oh my God, they, like you said, they don't they don't want to be my friend anymore. They just ignored me. Like that's 100% how I would have reacted now. Yeah. Now, if they're like, if I, I would know that they just didn't see me or maybe they were like thinking another thought and they were just distracted in their own head. Like that's how mm-hmm. I understand that now. So I do want to preface that, yes. that I have yes. been doing this work for a long time. So right. probably exactly. not the best example, but yeah. <laughs> well, you answered my question though. And you kind of yeah. took it to where I was going to take it. Yeah. Most of us, we wouldn't even recognize that those were the thoughts that we had. We would just understand, oh my God, I feel terrible. What just happened? Mm-hmm. We would internalize because, it. Like it's something that we did wrong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Most of the time we are not conscious of the thoughts going through our head. And if we are conscious of it, we're not testing it because we just believe it to be true. I know it's true that they just walked by me because they're angry at me and they don't want to be my friend anymore. The angry one. That was a big one. I used to internalize that a lot because I would make people angry when I was younger. So it was like those subconscious beliefs, which are so annoying. (laughs) So annoying. It's like that was coming in for sure. Yeah. And so the situations that we go through, they trigger a belief. We don't know that we hold these beliefs, but they trigger that belief. That belief causes us to think in a certain pattern. So a pattern of unlovability, a pattern of worthlessness, a pattern of hopelessness. We think in patterns. 
So the pattern is triggered. You think in a certain way, it causes you to feel a certain way. And then what do we do? We act on it. As you were talking before, I wrote da- I wrote that down. I said, belief, thought, feeling, action, because that's yes. something that I have learned over the past couple of years that mm-hmm. I never, I never knew. Nobody teaches you these things in like no. the real world, right? Right. I'm so glad and, you brought that up though. Yeah. In CBT, it's called the cognitive triad. So it's okay. literally a triangle. So an external situation occurs. You have a thought. Most of the time, the thought is not conscious, but we know we feel something. Yeah. You can like physically feel it in your body, or at least I can. You'll feel the emotion. And a lot of people will feel it in their body. That emotion triggers a behavior. So thought, emotion, behavior, it's a triangle. Now, this is where karma comes into play. Everyone thinks karma is this esoteric, spiritual, woo-woo thing, when in reality, there's actually scientific evidence to show it. And there's a, there's a, a, um, can't remember what the word is called. There's like a theory in cognitive behavioral therapy that explains this. It's called reciprocal determinism. What this means is kind of exactly what I just said. The external situations that are occurring in our life cause situations in us. It causes us to think something. It causes that to cause an emotion. That emotion causes a behavior. We take that behavior and we act on it. We interpret the world based on all of those things. And we're likely to seek out information, seek out circumstances, and seek out people, places, and things and ideas to validate that. But not consciously, subconsciously. Yes. So what does that do? It causes that to become your reality. If you have a belief the world is bad and it's full of dangerous people, you're actually more likely to create that because that is what you are acting on. You're seeking it out. It's like if you have rose-colored glasses on, that's all you're going to be able to see is that rose color. And so what we need to do is learn how to take the glasses off and form new beliefs. Now, that is challenging and it's hard. And I want everyone listening to this to understand that like, this is not a simple process at all. And it takes a lot of time, but it's possible. And you just said it, you've been doing it. So, you know, you've done it It's really freaking hard. It's It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's possible. Oh, it's absolutely possible. But like, like I said, I've been doing this for about two years now. And I still, like, even to this day, I noticed some thoughts coming up. And when I would journal them out, I realized that I was still holding on to old beliefs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I thought I worked through this. I yeah. thought that I got through this. <laughs> and it's still there. It's going on. But, and it can this- be frustrating. But I will say, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're fine. just- Um, I've noticed personally for me, I used to have a lot of stress, anxiety. My nervous system was literally taxed. I could, I was waking up every single day with like endless amounts of stress in my body today. I don't wake up that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel calm every single day. Now, do I still get those thoughts? Yeah. We just talked about that. I still get those thoughts. I still have to work through them, 
But more than anything for me, it's like, I feel the calmness in my body now, which is so great. (laughs) I think another big component of this too, is you're never, they're never going to go away. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell my clients. You're never going to get to a point where it's like you go from a hundred to zero, zero being like, you never have these thoughts anymore. Life is spectacular and everything is just sunshine and rainbows. That's not true. And that's honestly not the goal. The goal isn't to no longer have these thoughts. The goal is to be able to recognize them when they happen and shift them. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that's literally more- rewiring your brain. Yes, that's- 100%. Yeah. Yep. And with my clients, that's something that I, I really have to tell them right from the get. And even with my um, therapy clients, if I have someone, I, I make sure that everything that I do is like evidence-based, we're using assessments, we're gathering data. It's not just sit down and tell me how you feel. And okay, that's 150 bucks. Like that's how unfortunately a lot of therapists are. And by the time these clients get to me, they're like, I don't believe in therapy because this is what I've experienced every single time. And it doesn't work. So I make sure that I use evidence-based assessments. We're gathering data. I'm showing them charts of their progress So if someone comes to me and they're having depression, I'll do an assessment with them and I get a number and I'm like, okay, this is the number. This is what you're experiencing. This is not good nor bad. It's just data. It is what it is. The goal in working together is not to get this to zero. The goal in working together is to see how low we can get it and to experience a better quality of life. And to just understand where are you having these challenges? And what they notice is that it kind of goes like this. It's like, for those listening, it's like up and down, up and down, up and down. But it gradually makes its way lower and lower and lower. I think we all have this idea that I'm going to start doing personal development and everything is going to be perfect in my life and I'm never going to have challenges again. And unfortunately, that's the message that's being portrayed in the media. Like a lot of these influencers and a lot of these like personal development gurus on social media, they're like five ways to have the happiest life possible ever. And it's like, that's not realistic. The reality I'm so glad is, that you said that because I thought that before I found out, before I, did I found too. personal development. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is that life is going to happen. Things are going to happen. And what I tell my clients is our job here is not to make it so that bad things never happen. Our job here is to make it so that you have the tools, the skills, and the capabilities and the confidence within yourself to handle whatever comes your way. And that's possible. That's why I feel like you've been able to overcome a lot of the things that you're going through too. You said it's been two years. You're still having those thoughts. They still come up, but what's your capability now in being able to deal with them? Well, first I under, first I recognize them before I never recognize them. It would just be like, I would think a thought and it would just be stress. 
Like it would just be like an immediate stress reaction. And I would yell at my husband. Like that's usually what would happen. And it wasn't his fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But now if I think a thought, I'm like, okay, that thought is there. I recognize it. And I'm like, all right, that that's just a thought. Let's reframe this. Like let's, let's, well, first I don't say let's reframe this. First I say like, we need to look at this thought. We need to figure out like why this thought is coming up. And then I feel into it a little bit more. Like I literally like feel into it in my body, feel if I have any of that like nervous system anxiety. I usually do. (laughs) And then I'll sit with it. For me personally, I like to journal just because when I write, like everything pours out of me. I don't know why that's, it just works for me. Um, and then from there I can usually just kind of like remove it from my body and then think a new thought, like kind of like reframe it. So that's the process I use. I don't know if it's like right or wrong, but it works for me. That's exactly what I do with my clients. Okay. But so yeah, you answered my question. You are now more capable of handling it. Mm-hmm. It's not that these things don't happen. It's that you've developed the skills to handle it when they do. Mm-hmm. And that's the message I really want your listeners to take away from this. You are going to be able to learn how to handle it. It's not that bad things are never going to happen. But it is that reframe of, okay, what am I going to do? Something you said in the beginning, and we actually did an episode on this, and me and my business partner kind of went back and forth on it. I am under the impression because of the work that I do, because of some of the really horrific stories that I have heard working as a therapist and working as a clinician and doing the coaching that I do. I am not someone who believes everything in life happens for a reason. I just, I I can't believe that because some of the stories that I've heard, there's no reason why that should have happened. I cannot think of a reason why a little girl, her father walks in on her in the middle of the night and does something or, you know, just whatever, whatever the story may be. And I've heard, I've heard hundreds of them, but here's what I do believe. I believe that as human beings, we have the ability to change the story. I believe that we can take any situation and create a new meaning from it. We can create a reason. And I think that is so much more impactful and so much more powerful. I don't believe what happens to you is for a reason, but you can make something from it. Tony Robbins has a really good quote. He said, it's not what happens to you, but it's what you do about it. And I so, I, like that. I so wholeheartedly believe that. And I think that gives us power. And a lot of the clients that I've worked with, people who have experienced immense trauma, they created a new meaning for their life. These horrible things happen and sometimes they're not justified. There's no reason why. But they took that and they said, I am going to change what this means about me. And I'm going to change what this means about my future. And that's where they get their power. And that's kind of what you did too in your life. 
Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It's what you do about it. And what I try to do with my clients is give them the skills and the tools and help them build the self-efficacy within themselves to be able to take anything that happens and do something with it. And that's what we're trying to do at Evolve Ventures too, the pod, the uh, podcast and the business that we have. That's amazing. Well, I think that's a perfect note to wrap up on because you <laughs> Everything that you said was just so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you were here to not only share your story, but to also kind of educate the audience on cognitive behavioral therapy, the difference between that and traditional therapy, and then also just giving actual tangible examples that people can start implementing today, because this is something that's so needed because I feel like everybody struggles with this, especially as an entrepreneur, because once you step into that entrepreneurial world, all of your demons, all of your trauma is going to come to the surface at some point. Yep. Like it's, it's inevitable. I tried to hide from it for many years and it, it came up and I'm still working through it. So, um, yeah, I'm just so glad that you were here to talk through this. And if people want to connect with you, I know you mentioned your podcast, but, um, what are some other good places to connect with you? I'm on all the social media platforms. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is evolve with Bianca. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can also join our Facebook group Evolve venture society. Um, we also host free live virtual events the last Friday of every month. Um, depending on when this will come, when do you think this will come out? Um, it'll be, I think we'll, this will be released in May. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, we record a little bit far in advance. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) But the last Friday of every month, we host a live virtual event. It's for free. That's another place that you can, um, go to hear more about this and to learn and to build some of those skills and tools. Awesome. That sounds so great. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And we'll link to all of those in the show notes as well for easy access. So thank you again so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.